welcome to the South Coast Repertory Podcast. I'm Tanya Thompson, Public Relations Director. FCR is opening its 2019-2020 season with American Mariachi, a big-hearted play with, yes, live mariachi music. This funny and touching play by Jose Cruz Gonzalez has a 14-member cast, and that does include five mariachi musicians. Joining me today in the studio are three amazing women from the show. Cynthia Reifler Flores, a mariachi herself, is the show's music director. Diana Burbano portrays two characters, Amalia Morales and Doña Lola, and Gabriela Carrillo portrays Amalia's daughter, Lucha. Welcome to all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. You know, without giving too much away, can you each tell me about the story? Cynthia, let's start with you. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a story that is both specific to a time period, uh, which is the 70s, and an area of the country which is the southwest United States and it is also specific to um, uh, well the Mexican-American Chicano and the immigrant experience of Mexican people but it is also a universal story that speaks to everybody on some level so it it has an appeal to a very very large audience Um, shall I go on well (laughs) Gabriella, what about you from your uh, yeah. perspective? For me, this is um, this is a story of self-discovery and pride for many of the characters, not just my own. Um, a story of, of how people fuse their culture and their family and their history with the times that they're living and what it takes to kind of adjust to modern times and still keep your culture. Um, and it also kind of tells a story about... Uh, I mean, we deal with the machismo culture within the, you know, the Latino community, and that's something that, that totally I relate to growing up Mexican-American. But for me, really, it is all about self-discovery. It's kind of a coming-of-age story, even though my, my character is early 20s. That's still a huge, I mean, I'm, I'm the same age. It's a self-discovery time, and, and I think it's really special with the backdrop of beautiful music and Chicano culture. Diana, from your perspective... Well, from my perspective, it's a very necessary story right now. It's about the Latinx community. It's about very specifically, as both of these ladies said, about the Chicanx Mexican community. And um, But I think what really uh, I find most appealing and um, interesting about the story is that you're just let into a culture. You're let into this culture, but you're not, you can understand it as easily as any other culture. For example, if this was a, a, an Irish story or a story uh, of a Jewish family, I think it, it, the way Jose Cruz has, has uh, framed it, it's something that's going to be very easy for people who don't know the culture to step in and take a look at it and realize that it's really a story about family and what family does to keep themselves together and to keep themselves whole. It's, it has that universality to it, it is, is what yeah. I'm hearing from all of you. Gabriella, you started to talk a little bit about how the play speaks to you. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it's really special for me to be a part of this because this is the first production I've ever done playing uh, an explicitly Latina Mexican-American character. I mean, I was Maria in West Side Story in high school, but that's about it, you know? So it's it's great that I get to share that part of me on stage. Uh, and I just relate so much to the story. Lucha's relationship with her father is is similar to mine because 
there's that there's a very affectionate dynamic and then there's the dynamic of like I'm the head of the household and I have my traditional ways and there's even a, a funny monologue where my cousin's like all you've ever known is the word no no you can't wear makeup no you can't go on a date without a chaperone that is like that was my teenagehood. That is exactly what it was. So, um, but it also speaks to me because my grandmother had dementia and my mother in this play has dementia and we're struggling with that and she lives with us. And that's also a very, I mean, I think it's a universal thing in general, but people taking care of their elders, even when it becomes very painful to see that sort of decline. So, the sacrifices that the family makes in the play remind me very much of my own family, as well as Lucha's efforts to discover herself and still maintain a relationship with her family. You know, you don't want to you don't want to make your family angry or rock the boat, but you only can go so far before you start pretending to be something you're not. And also the element of music is huge in my life. I'm a musician, so it's just it's a joy to be able to to play with all of these amazing parts of the story that just touch me so deeply so, on so many levels I relate. <laughs> Diana, what about you? Well, uh, again, echoing what Gabriella said, um, this is one of the first roles where I am playing a Latinx person and and I'm not the only one in the cast or I'm not, uh, you know, they've they've decided to make a character Latinx because that way they have um, an array of people on stage. This is a, uh, it's a fully Latinx cast, though there are, I think, six female characters and every single one of them are different. There's not one stereotype that you could look at and say, that's that and that's that. They're all very different people and very well-rounded. That to me is very exciting. It just feels whole. It feels like, oh, I'm, in a, I'm really in a story where I belong. And uh, it, it feels complete to me. That was so thrilling. Mm -hmm. uh, Jose Cruz-Gonzalez did a really good job of writing these characters. Um, he gave them depth mm -hmm. and he gave them um, um, insight into themselves and into the others and he gave he gave them connections with the other people in the in the play and i think that both of these actresses are are doing a really really wonderful job of exploring that and digging really deep getting new things for both of these characters so gabriella it's her first time doing the show and um She's bringing a, 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 something really different, something really magical to this role, very beautiful Thank with you. her insight and um, her way of, of looking at her character and analyzing it and feeling it. And Diana, I've seen her do it before, but she, she's keeps, she keeps looking for more and she's finding new, new ways of expressing um, which is like a really hard thing. I mean, she's playing a woman with dementia. A lot of times on the stage, she's sitting there, but she's never just sitting there. And so it's really, really amazing. And I love it that um, that those characters are there, that um, there is this opportunity, a Latinx um, play that Jose Cruz Gonzalez wrote beautifully. And um, what has been very special about this play since its workshops is that community that happens from having, as Diana said, not being the only Latinx person in the room, that people have almost always introducing themselves broken down in tears because it's family. It's family right from the get-go. There's not, there's not um, we can be ourselves, we can open up, 
we have the room to explore. There's a shared language, a shared culture, a shared experience that we don't have to explain to other people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been really it has. Powerful. There's a really, there was a magical um, moment. I did the, the play in Arizona and um, there was a gentleman who, he came and he, he came to the show, I think three times in a row one week and then he came back and we finally had just had to know who this person was he sat in the front row and he would he would watch and he was just having this great time and um we had a talk back and he stayed and we asked him and he said well I've never wanted to come to theater but I was dragged the first time I came and then you we have a character in the show um who talks about going to the million dollar theater in Los Angeles which was a place where people would go to listen to music in Spanish right and and it was a um there was lots of music there was, but it's very something so specific to the culture and the guy said when you said that I realized that character was me and I've never seen that before that was me on stage and so he just came back and he came back and he and he just waited for that moment like to just to live that with with uh with the actor your heart must have just burst at that point it's still <laughs> yeah it's, it was a beautiful moment you know beautiful moments also come from the music and cynthia i want to start with you first um you kind of helped jose cruz really come into mariachi Oh, uh, well, his um, his experience with Mariachi before he met me was that he really liked it and had listened to it as a child. It was on the radio, you know, um, um, they would hear it probably passing by. It was around the family. But he, um, in terms of playing the music and becoming in- involved with the Mariachi culturally, uh, he did that through a class at Cal State LA where he's a was a full professor and um, he took my mariachi class <laughs> from pretty much from the first year that I was teaching it all up until this year he just finally retired and it's my first year without Jose Cruz Gonzalez as on the guitarron oh. in the class on the mm-hmm. bass instrument when he started playing musically he was um, pretty lost he we d- he did not share that musical language to, to so I would tell him something and it's like there was the code it's a, it's a foreign language that we speak when we're talking about music and he didn't have that but he learned it so he was really lost but he was so persistent and um, so by the end he was like a really solid player it's like something he really loves he plans on doing for the rest of his life and he wanted to through the connections that we made or that he made while he was exploring mariachi mariachi culture he he's a person who if you talk to him he'll listen to your story and he incorporates it he thinks about it he imagines on it he think and and he'll expound on that and use it in the next play mm-hmm. so he wanted he used a lot of the women in mariachis actual stories come out in this play. Some of mine do, too. Yeah, I was going to say, including Cindy, who's one of the top mariachis <laughs> in the country. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I worked with him on this play since the inception. Uh, he has two original songs that he wrote for the play. Um, I arranged them for him. Uh, we chose the music together. Uh, I fitted into the spots and so that they would fit. Um, they're traditional songs, but they're my arrangements throughout and um, I, I have the honor of di- uh, musically directing this play w- where in the mariachis all become actors and all the actors become musicians. Mm-hmm. 
So <laughs> it's pretty fun. Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. What's been really wonderful during rehearsals is uh, the ability for the music in the rehearsal room to waft up <laughs> into my office. And it's such a treat to hear that and just feel it mm. very deeply. So it's, it's just incredible the anticipation that I have for this show. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> what are the different instruments that uh, we, we hear in a mariachi band? So um, the bass is a guitarron. It's a very large acoustic um, bass, guitar-like instrument. It has a huge rounded back, uh, and it has six strings. It's always played in octaves, and it's um, kind of a difficult instrument um, to play just because it's so unwieldy. It's got like a, uh, it's, if you turn it backwards, it's like got a huge belly, and you have to put <laughs> that huge belly against your belly and keep <laughs> it up in the right position. So it, it's a little unwieldy, and uh, actually in our show, our, our, act, our actor who's playing it, um, she's very small. <laughs> so it looks pretty hysterical yeah. with her. Um, and that's the bass, and it works together with a vihuela, which looks just like the guitarron, except for small. It's a very bright lute, lute instrument, guitar-like instrument with five strings. It's bright and crisp, um, and it breaks through the sound, breaks through anything else. And then it has a gu classical guitar, which is just like a guitar, <laughs> regular <laughs> guitar. Um, what's interesting about them is usually the, the way that they are played rather than that instrument. The vihuela and the guitarron are indigenous to Mexico and specific to the mariachi. And the guitar is a you know, the regular European guitar <laughs> that we use in conjunction with that. That makes up one section of the mariachi, which is the rhythm section or the armonia. And then we have the melodia or the melody section. And um, in our band, we only have, in the show, we have one violin and one trumpet. Um, you could have as many as seven violins and three trumpets. And that's the extent of um, the the common, most um, basic mariachi would be the violin, the trumpet, the guitarron, the vihuela, and the guitar. Um, some groups put a harp, but that is um, kind of vestigial, and so that's very large groups that usually put the harp in it. Uh, and of course, there's the voices. So what, what are the uh, challenges and opportunities of working to bring um, mariachi musicians, the musicians to become actors and then actors to become musicians? And I'll <laughs> leave this open to all of you to, to chat about. Well, it's definitely a style that you have to learn and, and embrace. That's It's um, very different because I come from musical theater tradition and it's a very different way to sing, right? And, and it comes from a different part of your body. And um, so that's really been a lot of fun to learn. Uh, the placement of everything, it's, it's glorious. I mean, some of these voices, when you hear our mariachis sing, they have these voices, these bel canto, loud operatic voices that are just gorgeous. And, and since I, I teach musical theater. I love watching them because the way they place their bodies is exactly what I like try to hammer into my students. I'm like, look <laughs> at that placement. That's how you get the sound. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. It's just being a student is has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's been a real pleasure because violin was my first instrument. I started when I was three and then uh, I learned other instruments on top of that. And then 
once I left high school, though, I went to college for music, but not for violin. So, and where I went to college, if you're a violinist, you were a prodigy. And so I didn't dare to play because, I mean, I just was very proud and I didn't want anyone to compare me to the prodigies and whatever. So I kind of, my relationship with the violin kind of died for seven or eight years. And then when I auditioned for this show, I went and rented a violin and I had to kind of it was like a first date with an ex of eight <laughs> years ago. It was like, hey, you feel familiar, but also this is strange. And and it, it was, it was um, it's a vulnerable thing for me in this production to be playing the violin because it's not like acting or singing, which I do all the time and I'm comfortable with and, and I'm very secure in my ability. Violin is something where it's like, man, I know I, I used to be so good. I used to be, you know, this Illinois State young, cha- like, champion person I did all these competitions and then it just it just faded so as Lucha my character discovers the violin and and learning to play it and is imperfect and making mistakes I am doing the same in real life (laughs) and Lucha is similar to me at least in the way that I'm playing her that she does have a perfectionist side and she can be a bit um not bossy but (laughs) she's a Virgo in my mind if anyone knows that she's a Virgo so she wants to everything to be perfect she's she's the band leader and she's really hard on herself the most and I am very much that way so it's been a real pleasure though I feel like I've re-tapped into a part of me that I wasn't really sure would ever come back so that has been very special for me and to share it with people to play music a style that I had never played with anyone when I grew up playing violin that's how my violin teacher got me to practice actually was to play mariachi music because I was Suzuki trained which Mm -hmm. is kind of like classical and it just wasn't fun when I was four or five (laughs) it just I didn't like it so she would give me mariachi music to play so that I would actually play so, um, but I never played with a group or anything. I just played at home for my dad. So <laughs> this is very, very special for me, and, and it's just a blast. It's what, really nice for us that she came in already playing the violin. It meant that we didn't have to teach her the violin when she got here. It also meant that she could like be working on playing the songs and working on her role as Lucha instead of having to work on learning how to play the violin because yeah. it's not an easy instrument. That was an extra little gift that we got when we cast Gabby as Lucha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All these additional reasons for why we're looking forward to this show. Yes. There's an amazing family-like rapport that I've seen amongst the cast. Are you feeling that as well? Oh yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, these are really wonderful people, and they're fun to hang out with. And um, uh, it's just it's it's easy, as Cindy was saying. We go in, and it's easy. It's like we have a common language. We, it's a little bit like, oh, really? You feel that way too? Yeah, I went through that too in school. I mean, just listening to what Gabriella said about the roles, I was like, girl, I so get yes. you. That happened to me too. And <laughs> I think there's just a lot of common stories. And we're so excited to be here. We're so excited to be part of you know, the season, opening the season. It just yeah. feels, it's thrilling, to be honest. It's yeah. a thrilling thing. Well, the story of this play, a universal story, but why is it so important now in our day and age? Oh, well, I think it's important that um, 
not only for Latinx people to come see themselves on stage, because there was just a, an article released in the LA Times about there's something like 4% of the roles in television have been written for Latinos. So that's, that's a serious lack of representation. So not only for that, we find that very important, but it's also a moment for, uh, I, I hope that the rest of the community can come and just see us as human beings, mm. understand that we have stories, understand that we, we have a language that may separate us, but it shouldn't. It's not. It's not a barrier that we're throwing up. It's simply part of our lives, and um, and it's an invitation to come to come and understand that Latinx people. We've been here for hundreds of years. We are uh, your neighbors. We are your friends. We um, we share the same things you do. We feel our losses as deeply, and we invite you to come and get to know us a little bit more. Okay. So, can you share quickly your story about that woman? at the talk oh yeah well <laughs> this is well, this is something yes I, so um I'm, i also i also write and i had a talk back for one of my plays um this was up in san francisco and um we were just soliciting you know an audience talk back and and a woman stood up and she said you know I, I don't know if i would ever go see a latino play because i just don't think i have anything in common with them and that was a moment for me that I, I, you know, I just, I thought, yeah, them. And, and I, I just sort of, you know, I'm a teacher, so I, I know the things to say. And I said, so have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? And she says, uh, yeah, so I love Fiddler on the Roof. I said, oh. And um, do you happen to be Jewish? She said, no, no, no. I said, okay. So can you tell me what you have in common with a group of Russian Jews who um, are being, you know, uh, downtrodden by the czar? What, what, tell me about that commonality. And, you know, I, I, it sort of put her on the spot, but I hope in a way that made her think, oh, <laughs> right, they're not them. Nobody's them. They're all, we're all us. So, mm-hmm. Good stories, yeah. yeah. That is a really poignant and, and well-focused story. Thank you. Gabriella, why this play important now? Um, I think more, more work that portrays minorities as multidimensional the better because it's easy I think it's easy for many to overlook the struggles uh, overlook the oppression that's happening and the injustices when it's to a group you feel separate from when it's a them because we're not we we don't as humans know how to many times empathize with people who are a them who we don't have anything in common with and humanizing people, giving them multidimensionality, reminding others that we share this common human experience just in different, through a different lens perhaps, through a different flavor. Um, I think it, it will, it's a subtle, but it's a, it's an important way to perhaps wake people up to get them a little more roused by what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Again, the injustices and uh, the oppression and the attacks that are happening to th- this community and many, many communities. Once you realize that that people are human and they suffer the way you do and they bleed the way you do, perhaps then it will be a little less easy to ignore. Um, that's that's my hope. And also, I just think it's it's heartwarming and it's lovely. And I love that the characters are multidimensional. And I think. <laughs> Sometimes in TV, film, like Latino people are portrayed as like 
you know, they'll be the best friend. And it's like, hey, put some hot sauce on that, sister. Like, it's very much almost like a parody. <laughs> and it's like, you can be Mexican-American, not like hot sauce. You can be right. Mexican-American and not speak Spanish. We have a character who doesn't speak Spanish. My Spanish is not perfect. My grammar is not perfect. Uh, me as a, and as an actual person. You can be Mexican-American and never have been to Mexico. Mm-hmm. The, like, the assumptions that are made... It just puts us in a box as one-dimensional caricature type of people as a them. So any any artwork that can wake people up to the multidimensionality of what it means to be Mexican-American, Latino-American, a minority, it, I think is so special. And I do have an invitation for our audience members who don't speak Spanish. Because I know sometimes that can be a little um, strange and mm-hmm. maybe you feel like it removes you from the story. Uh, I challenge you to think of it a little bit the way you, when you come to a Shakespeare play, you're not quite getting everything that happens in the first 15 minutes because it takes mm-hmm. you a while to sort of pick up on the rhythm and the, the old language. Think of it that way. And if you open your mind up to, to the Spanish, you may be surprised at how much you can actually understand yeah. If you don't throw up a barrier at it, you yeah. you will get it by the I, I context clues even. Absolutely. Yeah. I think by the middle of the it's show you'll so be like, I got it. I didn't even hear that in Spanish. Oh, yeah. It was just the story. Yeah, it's really well written so mm-hmm. that if you don't speak Spanish, you will still get get it. You'll get the jokes. And if you don't speak English, you'll still get mm-hmm. it too. We've had people who came in um, mm-hmm. who were uh, Spanish speakers mm-hmm. and who still enjoyed the play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um I want to say for me what is really important about this play right now is the same thing I said at the beginning. It's that it's univer- it's it's specific, but it's also so universal. The story is so universal. So the more people we get in to see this story and then see themselves in this story and make that connection like both the girls said, to as that we're the same, that there is no other I or there is an other, but I understand their otherness. Mm-hmm. They're different, but it's not they're not from Mars. They're, they're, we share a commonality. And when you start seeing yourselves in other people's stories, it's, it's hard to maintain a hatred and a, a cultural hatred uh, against, um, against the person that you thought was an other when they turn out to be yourself. And one one thing that I especially love is that for young women, young girls, kids, especially little girls, they can come see women play instruments <laughs> yeah. and just be so good. It's so exciting, and I hope that lots of little little girls go out of the show go, hey, I want to play a violin. I I want to pick up the viola. I you know I just I really think that happens, and I'm excited about that. I think it does happen. Yeah, it does happen. <laughs> so many cool opportunities. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up this edition of the SCR podcast. My thanks to Cynthia Reifler-Flores, Diana Burbano, and Gabriela Carrillo. They're part of the team that's bringing American Mariachi to life on our Segerstrom stage, September 7 through October 5, 2019. Ladies, thank you again. Thank Thank you. Our recording engineer today is Mike Ritchie. I'm Tanya Thompson. And for more information on this and other productions at Orange County's Tony Award-winning theater, visit us online at scr.org. Ladies, may I ask you to sing us out today? Sure. Oh, yes. Ay, la, 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 ay, la, 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 era la madrugada cuando te empecé a querer. Ay, la, 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 ay, la, 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 un beso a la medianoche y el otro al amanecer. Ay, ay, ay.